So you want to set some cracking goals for 2021. In this show, we are wrapping up the psychology component of our 2020 goal setting series. We're going to go deep in emotions and emotional management today. Uh, this is a very, very awesome topic, something that I'm super passionate about because this, what we're going to talk about today, was a revolution that changed my life. Uh, we're also going to answer some awesome questions that have come through over the weekend, all that and more coming up right after this. Welcome tribe, and uh, if we haven't met, just in case it's your first time rolling with us, my name is Yanni Bormeister, along with Richard behind the camera and my brother Rad, we founded Unity Gym and the UMS system. And hey, if you're ever interested in how we get such incredible results with our tribe in the UM UMS program, you can download our flexibility, strength, or nutrition blueprints. You can go to our website, unitygym.com, and they're available there. Or in the link um, provided in this description, you can get the flexibility blueprint super easy. Um, with me today, as uh, always, I guess I could say now, because he's a regular on the show now, which is I'm, I'm thrilled about, is none other than Dr. Phil, or Phil, our resident physiotherapist. How are you today? Yeah, going well. Feeling Keen good? to uh, keep this topic rolling. I think there's yeah, really, a lot of good stuff and some really nice comments about people um, yeah, challenging themselves and, and giving it a go. So yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's going to be good for, for you guys. It's also good for me to just, you know, yeah. go through this process as well, learning I, from you. I'll be honest, I'm very, very excited that this topic has been so uh, popular among our inner circle and um, because I've wanted to do a, a, like a masterclass on uh, on productivity at hacking and motivation hacking for a long time and uh, I was always a little bit restricted because I didn't feel like Rad was too interested in it because he felt like we were sort of pushing into something that's not really in our lane. I'm your enabler. That's right. The, Phil's, I'm the yes man. Phil's our enabler. And hey, Rad's been on like um, on calls with me going, I can't believe how popular this is. You're going to yeah. have to do that um, motivation masterclass now, you know, and put it put it all together. Um, yeah, so it's it's very exciting for me. On another note, I'm feeling really good today because I did my first workout since being back at Unity Gym. I flew back from Europe two weeks ago and then got really sick and uh, have held off on training. And I just said to this week, I'm going to do our program, what we teach our tribe. We teach our tribe in the classes here, just an hour of a workout. And us trainers do usually around two, two and a half to three hours. And I just thought, I can't do three hours of exercise. I just don't have it in me right now because I'm still a little bit sick. You may hear that nasally sort of sound going on. I'm not faking that. Um, but how energized does our program make you feel? <laughs> I'm Surprise. Like, I'm like, I haven't done the workout that our tribe do for so long. And you feel really good. I always feel knackered after our two and a half hour workouts. And it takes me a while to be able to work after that. But I've come out of that workout and I just am pumped. I'm so charged. It's like the, I was saying to Phil before, it is the perfect dose of exercise. Not too much, not too little. It's, it's just right. It's almost like it's a really well thought out program or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? That's right. Can't believe it. These people are coming to us uh, for a reason. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, what we do is amazing. Anyway, back to, back to goal setting 2020. So, if you found last week's Thursday or Friday's uh, shows a little bit challenging to your ego, you know, Friday we, we covered ego and Thursday just before that we covered sort of where your emotions come from and the concept of you having a story and your brain sort of working uh, very similar to a computer where it's programmed and it needs uh, upgrades. Uh, today is, if you found those two challenging, today is going to kick your ass mentally because uh, this is the part that most people I think have the most trouble with. And funnily enough, 
it is also the part that gives people the biggest breakthroughs. Because if you are someone who has an emotionally turbulent personality, uh, then there is a very high probability that you are a slave to your emotions. And uh, emotions, I break into three sort of different categories, feelings, sensations, and urges. And you, like, let, like think about um, how often you don't do what you intend to do because of a feeling, sensation, or urge, you know? And uh, I mean, the most obvious- All the time in all aspects of life. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And, and seriously, like it is so full on. And for me, I have a really, um, uh, I have a, I'm very, very close to this topic because this, as I said at the very beginning, was without doubt what created the biggest breakthrough for me in my life personally because growing up I battled depression quite severely and anxiety and um, you know I had extreme highs and extreme lows and then I used to um, be quite dysfunctional um, uh, socially and so my answer to that, my social dysfunction was to just drink a lot of alcohol or take a lot of drugs and, uh, and I'm talking recreational drugs and, um, and also painkillers because I had quite severe uh, pain from a, a spinal injury that I had when I was younger. And um, that used to just uh, exaggerate my emotional swings from high to low, you know. And it wasn't until my late 20s, um, uh, as a, a, about 30, that I really realized that, that, that there is a way that you can um, learn to overcome that um, turbulence. And, and in fact, you can approach emotions from a completely different light to the way you sort of are taught to suppress emotions and consider them really bad and, 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 and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, a subconscious teaching there. It's not like anyone tells you to do that, but just definitely the way that the societal pressures work. You yeah, know, that's kind of, right. Yeah. yeah. Which mm. I feel like is, you know, slowly changing now maybe, but... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, look, there's a lot that's changing around this, but you still, you still grow up um, uh, sort of feeling like it's not cool to, to, to wear your emotions on your sleeve and, uh, and as a result we tend to suppress emotions or we run from them, we try to avoid them. And yeah. what Especially I, in men I'd say. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what I've come to learn over the years, uh, which is a very big part of this strategy, is that that is completely the wrong way to go about it if you are an emotionally turbulent person. And there are going to be those of you who listen to today's episode who don't experience severe emotional swings um, and there like are me. like Phil yeah. yeah and there are going to be those of you who do and find this really quite confronting to um, to talk about you know um, so hopefully you can bear with us and and get through this episode because man there are a few little little um, things in here and we're not going to go deep into the actual strategies yet of emotional management we're going to do that next week as part of the execution series but what we want to talk about today is the concept of emotional, they call it cognitive fusion and cognitive diffusion, where we're disassociating from those um, um, feelings, sensations and urges. Because here's the reality, you are not your emotions. But the problem is that if, if you are feeling a little bit like a slave to your emotions and anyone who makes a decision based on how they're feeling, not based on the intended outcome, then you are to some degree a slave to your emotions. Yeah, and I think just a bit of background on why I say like not me, because I definitely had a, a different experience growing up where I didn't have such big kind of highs and lows. But I definitely think whenever I came up with like, uh, and I, I think I'm always, I almost like get frustrated with myself that I, 
I'm almost like some like one step removed from that. And sometimes I, I find situations where I'm totally overthinking about how I should react, and it's not coming from an emotional place, which I often think is kind of you know, like almost disingenuous to my actual interaction. So it's, it's yep. a kind of interesting. Like, um, so and I'd say with like when I am reacting emotionally to things, or if I have like a big emotional feeling around getting something done or the way what I need to do, yeah, I'd probably try and yeah distance myself from that emotion rather than getting swept up in it and so i think that's what i mean i'm not saying like i'm a, a robot who can act sort of you know that i'm yeah. not affected by this stuff but i think it's just really interesting to sort of see how you know different we've you know absolutely absolutely and it's a great this. point to bring up because there are pros and cons to both you know like i often have deep conversations with my partner kalisha who is very much like me she has a tendency to swing from pole to pole it's either extreme high or extreme low and uh, it's hard for her to center herself. Um, and I say, look, it's, there are benefits to it. You know, it, it is shit because you do often feel really down and really depressed at times, but you also, in the same token of feeling those deep depress depressive moments, you also have a tendency to, to feel extreme highs and, and extreme joy. And, you know, Yes, I, I would probably prefer to be a neutral person more so because you tend to not get um, as much interference from your emotions. Like you tend to be able to um, work in flow a little bit better and things like that. And if you, you know, um, you, you arguably get more done. But, um, you know, some people say that you're not as visionary when you're um, as centered all the time. You know, you may not think as audaciously about your, your um, what you want to achieve and things like that, you know. And, and so, yeah, I think there are pros and cons yeah. to and both. As a, like a pretty level-headed person, I often see people who are having just like a really wild time with no concept of how that could impact things around them. And I think, oh, damn, that looks kind of nice. Yeah, it looks kind of <laughs> fun, kinda fun, you know? But, yeah, literally, but like, it's, you know, I think like, it's just harder to let myself go to that sort of level because I do have this sort of, you know, generally more sort of even keeled, which, you know, well, is good from, in some ways. But in You know, from a scientific <laughs> standpoint, I don't want to kill you guys with the science, but from a scientific standpoint, what Phil's talking about there is actually what he has is he's got a regulator in his brain that regulates the hormones and the chemicals that produce these feelings much better than I do. So, and this is the difference between someone who suffers depression or anxiety or things like that. What tends to happen is that you're not regulating the, the uh, chemicals properly. And so when you feel really good, your body just keeps producing that chemical to the point where it's depleted. And then as a result of depletion, you feel really shit afterwards. The difference between someone like Phil and someone like me is he's got a really good mechanism or system in his brain to regulate those feelings so that his brain can tell, okay, if I keep going down that path, come tomorrow, I'm going to feel like crap. So I'm going to cut it here and not go any further. And I've, this is something that I've gone really deep into studying because I wanted to know why I suffered depression, what the actual mechanism was and, and things like that. And, uh, and I can share some amazing books from really amazing psychologists on this, on this topic if you guys want to go really deep. I won't do it here because I don't want to bore you with the science. But that, in a nutshell, that's what's going on in our brains, you know. So there is, you know, there is a chemical reason. And this is something that I want to, this is, this is a great way to start this conversation about emotions. The very first thing 
about emotions and emotional management is to acknowledge that emotions are very real. You know, they're not something that we concoct up as a fantasy or, you know, something that shouldn't be taken seriously because they're actually a chemical reaction occurring in your body, you know, and you can look at them on a bio, from a biological standpoint and go, okay, well, you know, this is what's happening. This is why I'm feeling that way. That's why I've got that sensation or urge going on in my body. That's why I feel that tension in my chest. Uh, that's why I might cry or become really emotional. It is, a, it is a chemical reaction in your body that's occurring. So don't ever think that even though we're, t we're talking about learning to disassociate from that emotion, it's not real because they're fucking real, you know, pardon my language, you know. And, and that is the first step to learning how to, con how to manage them better is understanding the, the processes that are occurring in your body, you know, and you, your body's producing these chemicals and these chemicals are, you know, there's these peptides that are, are neuropeptides that are released that are reacting with molecules in your body that are making you feel this way, you know. So that's the first step. And the second step, which goes in line with that, is to understand that those chemicals inside your body are not your body. They're not you. And therefore, you don't actually have to fuse to them. You don't have to think that they are what make up your character because they come and go. Um, and you can, you can release them and get them out of your system just as quickly as, as, as they come. And that's probably what we're going to talk about more because, you know, um, from like, let's talk about before we go real deep down the emotional um, rabbit hole. On a, on a more superficial level, for someone like Phil, how might this be beneficial to him? Because yeah, he doesn't um, go as deep and end up, you know, feeling depressed and, and, and suffering chronic anxiety where he's, you know, unable to leave his house. But he will have times where he chooses, he makes a choice, he makes a plan or a goal like, okay, I'm going to get this done as part of my fitness program or as part of my business tasks and goals. And then when the time comes to do that, he experiences a sensation or an urge or an impulse that takes him away from doing yeah, I mean, that. I've, I mentioned last week, um, I guess when we were talking about uh, ego and some of that, like, you know, the, the ways in which your brain will like react to, you know, when with my financial stuff for the business, like I find that quite a, a challenging thing where I feel quite capable in all the other like aspects of the business stuff I'm doing and, and what I've studied and learned in terms of physiotherapy and exercise science. But when it comes to finances and I'm just, you know, I get that sort of, it's like a visceral feeling, like it's a, like a tightening of my chest and just a bit of a panic because I'm, you know, it's something where I feel, you know, challenged and not very comfortable and it kind of rocks my sense of identity, I guess, where yep. I'm like trying to be really, you know, switched on and capable in all these other ways, but then, when it comes to that, I feel like it's just, you know, this intense sort of, yeah, like physical feeling of, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this and is challenging. And then, and that leads to me being like, I guess, looking for something that will change that sort of physical reaction I have. So going and doing something that, you know, makes me feel like, yeah, you're kicking goals, you're doing like, you're yeah. doing something else. And so you go and you search that sort of other physical and emotional feeling by, you know, if I go and you know, work on, like I'm, uh, with the show, I'm looking to get the unity, um, 
uh, YouTube show that we do every day and I'm looking to turn that into a podcast that people can listen to. So, you know, last week I was like, I should do my fantasy. And then I got distracted by this fun, shiny thing. And it's like, you know, that makes me feel a lot better and excited and energized. So yeah, that's yeah. just a yeah, practical example of... <laughs> yeah, and I had the same thing around studying subjects that I disliked in high school oh, too, and, and uni, you know. Uh, and I could have done so much better, you know, um, in those things. And I'm a big fan of doing, you know, whatever you choose to do in life, do do your best at it. You know, don't waste your time and don't waste other people's time around you who are putting energy and effort into coaching or mentoring you, you know. So, you know, I look back at my high school years and I'm very disappointed that I really half-assed it. And uh, even so, when I did engineering at, at, at uni, I feel like I could have done so much better, you know. And, and um and it, and it was exactly what Phil was saying there. When I used to sit down and do advanced physics, it, you, I used to get a visceral reaction. And then because I struggled with the concepts that could have easily been overcome with a bit of ch extra tutoring, um, I, I would just get like worked up and then feel anxiety and all this. And then I'd just avoid it because I wanted to avoid, you know, we want to avoid pain. Remember we spoke about ego. Your ego wants to protect you from harm at all costs. And so it will come in and deflect, distract, distort, um, defend you. Oh, I don't need. I, I'm, I don't need to do this. You know, it's not important for me to focus on this right now. You know, there are other things that I could be spending my time doing. Uh, you know, your ego is there to protect you from those those uncomfortable feelings. But the reality is that life is going to present you with painful experiences. And nine times out of ten, when you want to change something in your life or achieve something that you haven't achieved yet, it's going to be at the other side. Success will be at the other side of discomfort. You know, you're going to have to endure some pain or discomfort to get to the moment where you actually um, feel like you've succeeded in that thing, you know, especially changing something in your, in, in your body, body composition, strength, you know, um, uh, something in your finances, you know, for Phil to, to, get, to become a master at managing finances, which he's going to have to do as a small business owner at some stage. Uh, I ignored it um, and uh, for, for, for many, many years and it catches up with you. <laughs> let, let, believe me so. The ATO doesn't like it when you don't pay enough tax and things like that, you know. And um, and so, yeah, you, you, have to, uh, you have to understand that although life is going to deal painful cards from time to time, there are ways of approaching that pain, those emotions, that empower you to take an empowering stance. And, and I'd say that often with this, this style of like emotional pain, that visceral like feeling that really rocks your kind of core identity, that pain is often so much worse than the actual physical discomfort of doing something like exercise, you know. Absolutely. Like you, it's, it's this real, you know, you're trying to shield yourself from something, but you've done something so much more Absolutely. <laughs> challenging and that, you know, causes long-term. And, and there are like some key exercises that you can do when you're going through that feeling of emotional instability where it might be a, 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 just a thought. It might just be a sabotaging thought that your ego is trying to say, you, you, you're never going to achieve this, so don't bother, or as simple as that, you know. It might be as deep as a real feeling, a physical feeling where you might start to hyperventilate and, and uh, have shortness of breath. Um, Phil spoke about the tightness in his chest that he got when he's trying to do his finances. 
you know, and it might just be an urge. It might just be an urge, like you're really trying hard. Right now I'm um, doing a year where I'm detoxing my family from processed and refined sugar and alcohol. And so my kids aren't, we're not allowed to have uh, junk food in the house or junk food when we go out or anything like that. And uh, we, because we had a pretty lousy year last year with that and we sort of let the kids eat a bit of junk. And, um, and you know, it's hard for me too because I am a complete sugar junkie. I love chocolate and things like that, you know. So uh, from time to time, like I am so crystal clear on what I want to achieve this year around my family goals and my personal goals. But I still get urges, like you go to the supermarket and especially if you haven't, uh, you know, you're not energized and you go in a time when you're a little bit depleted, your energy's a bit depleted, you may not have eaten, like I'm, I, I fast every day until lunchtime and we go shopping in the morning and I go and see the chocolate aisle and I'm like compelled, I get this urge to, to get some chocolate, you know. The, the feeling is real, man. The emotion is real. Like there is what's going on there, you know. But I have, I have attuned myself and I've honed my skills over the last decade in managing this stuff that I am now like 100% able to disassociate from this stuff and completely just separate and see the feeling, sensation, urge in front of me and go, wow, this is very powerful. I, it's, it's causing a lot, of, a lot to come up for me. And it can be anything from a, a, a chocolate urge to like stage five depression that, you, that would have floored me in the past, you know, and, and, and led me to have to go home or to lock myself up in my lounge room and just binge Netflix for a day and be completely unproductive for that day. Uh, sometimes two or three days at a time. I can now completely disassociate from that and you know, I might take a moment out, I might take an hour out, I might even take half a day where I just get on with something a little bit easier like my physical training or something like that or work on something a little bit easier to work through than something really deep and high end like a project that I'm trying to get done. Um, but it, the, the liberation that's come from being able to do that, oh my God, it's so powerful. And I am such a firm believer now because of the transformation I've had that this is a, an absolute necessity for people, for everybody. If you want to achieve high levels of success in your life, in any area of your life, whether it be finances to fitness, uh, you have to hone your skills in emotional management and we call it cognitive diffusion, being able to disassociate from your emotions, feelings, sensations and urges, see them for what they are, acknowledge them for what they are, but not allow, not let them make decisions for you. Is this how we talk about how to do it or does that come with uh, the next? I, w I don't want to go into the techniques on how to do it because they're a little bit airy-fairy and I just want you guys to have some time to yeah. um, adjust to the concept that this is this is real and this is happening and we're going to go there. Yeah, well, Michael Pease <laughs> talked about how he sort of uh, manages his emotions. He said, find that meditating and being grateful for people and opportunities in life do help a lot with managing emotions, though it does take some work to make sure I do these things. Absolutely. And Michael, here's the thing. Not like such a vast majority of the world's population can't even meditate because they can't get over this first step. And I thoroughly believe, and, I, and my belief is shared by many really, really great meditation uh, gurus or experts, you would say, that consciousness and a lack of consciousness is the reason for all of the world's problems. Because if everybody shared a higher level of consciousness and we all understood that there is just different 
um, uh, perspective in life, you know, two people, two armies that go to war share, um, um, share completely different perspective. They don't share it. They have different perspectives on a, on a situation. And if we could acknowledge that perspective and, co and, and have a higher level of consciousness, we wouldn't bother going to war against each other. We'd just let people do what they do and not get upset about it, you know. But um, unfortunately, the world has a very low level of consciousness, um, emotional and um, psychological and spiritual consciousness. And most people can't even meditate as a result. You know, meditation is like key to my day. If I didn't spend 10 minutes as a minimum meditating every day, I'd be a bloody mess. And, um, and yeah, I just like when you like you, you have to have experienced it because you do meditate a little bit, whether you're consistent or not. It's quite an amazing thing to do, you know, and I'm going to go through the five things that I do late, uh, later on in the week uh, as my daily rituals, you know, um, but it took me years to be able to meditate and a lot of help. You know, I've worked with a lot of guided meditation experts uh, and Sam Harris is my go to meditation guru now. I've read a lot of his books and I do his waking up. I use his waking up app and I just found that that is just my way of hacking the system. My father meditates for 60 minutes every day and I couldn't like can't even fathom meditating for 60 minutes yet. I'm not at that level yet, but I just do 10 minutes a day and that works for me and that's my way of hacking the system. Uh, I'd love to know anyone else who's watching if they've ever tried meditating and what their experience has been because God, it, 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 the, the spectrum of people who try and people who just hate the concept, it, it's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's just so challenging to be bored these days because it's so easy yeah. to distract yourself and so easy to just like fill your brain with something. Um, and you know that addiction to the you know notifications and everything like yeah. that the idea of just sitting there and meditating like I've kind of dabbled and it's something that I intend to you know after this series I'm you know feeling all these things that that I need to get going myself and um, yeah meditating is something I've definitely tried before and been a bit on and off but yeah I noticed that just like that being scared of being bored yeah. is like such yeah. a strange yeah. thing and oh. I I really worry for kids growing up now with like just having just like I just can't imagine uh, when you go out for dinner and you see kids that they're like iPad at dinner I can totally understand from the parents point of view why you'd you know want to calm down your crazy child but like I just remember so many times as a kid just you know just being like how can adults possibly still be talking like yeah, what are they yeah. doing you just sit there like yeah and I'm not sure if you know that doesn't necessarily safeguard us against the addictions of you know those little dopamine hits of notifications, but I just wonder what it's going to be like for kids who have just only ever known that. Like, it's, mm. it's pretty crazy. I, look, I think notifications are the worst thing in the world, and I don't have any. I have everything switched off, and I will talk about that later yeah. on in, in and your... And that's one uh, thing uh, I really love about um, ocean swimming and why like, I think I've found it kind of just such a huge thing for me in the last three years. And, um, you know, I don't med I meditate, but when I'm ocean swimming, there's it's like the one sport where it's like impossible to distract yourself with anything yeah, else. Like you, you can't listen, around. you can't listen to, well, you can't listen to, you know, you can't put earphones <laughs> in, you can't listen to a podcast. It's like, you know, I do at, at Manly Beach in Sydney. It's beautiful. You have 750 meters each way. So it's a K and half, maybe about half an hour of where you just like can't, yeah, <laughs> can't yeah. get that, that distraction that my brain is just like urged. Like, See, well, it's funny you say that, and, and I don't know anyone else that can relate. I can't, like I, here's, okay, this is my ego talking right now, but I can't ocean swim very well. I used to do uh, surf lifesaving, and we used to have to do like the gold medallion, and you had to swim 300 metres out and 300 metres back and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, I'm scared, I'm petrified of ocean swimming because I'm petrified of getting bitten by a shark. And whenever I'm out and I can't see the bottom, I'm just like, my heart rate is like, 
peaking and I, I fatigue so quickly because I'm just like, I don't know what it is. And I'm probably just, yeah. I, I'm probably I so bad at this that I'm going to manifest getting bitten by a shark because... Yeah, I mean, it's a clear <laughs> example of how your emotions can really affect your physiology yeah. there. Like there's, you know, oh, even just though the risk the crap, is so it low. It scares the crap out of me. You has know? a big it's physical weird, effect. Yeah. Yeah. I just have this thing, like you can't get angry if you get bit by a shark in the ocean because you're in their domain. Yeah, well, and just like if a shark ever came into the gym, I'd probably bite it. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, think of me on uh, Sunday. I'm swimming Palm Beach to Whale Beach. Palm Beach, where Home and Away was filmed, uh, around the headland to Whale Beach. Three Ks of pretty deep ocean water swimmer, swimming. So maybe and see you next week. There's so many sharks out there. You know, there's but so many sharks out there'll there. There'll be 1,500 of us doing it. So we'll yeah. gang up on them. <laughs> so as long as you're not the slowest swimmer, you're okay. That's, that's what he's saying. Okay. So. What we want to make sure today is that, that we just seed and plant this concept to you guys of cognitive fusion. That's, that means that you are essentially fused to your emotions. You're, you, you, when you feel a sensation, an urge or a feeling, it, it dictates your decision-making process. And uh, it's, it's very hard for you to, um, to sort of, I guess, separate and, and not let your uh, feeling sensations and urges um, contribute or dictate your actions and your um, and, and and your results, and then there's um, cognitive diffusion, which is where you are able to see that it's just a, an emotion, it's just a feeling, sensation, and urge, and it doesn't. You have the ability and power to override it and uh, not suppress it because suppressing it's the worst thing you can do because they tend to just build up in power and eventually come back tenfold. Uh, you acknowledge it, let it move on, and then you get on with what you had planned to do for the day. Yeah, the way I kind of like that change of perspective, like you have a different view. I mean, if you've ever played like a, a first-person shooter game, like Goldeneye back, I don't know, some, you know, any kind of game where you have either the view where like you're in the person and you can see like the gun in your hand or the whatever, and then you like press a button and then suddenly you like zoom out and you're looking at that person. I think you can kind of see how it's exactly the same thing is happening to, you know, you're still controlling it in exactly the same way, but you have this different view on it, which kind of gives you a bit of a better idea around the surroundings and maybe the things influencing you. So just having that analogy of like how you can just look at your emotion, shift your perspective and... Um, That's you know. exactly right, you know. And we're going to go deeper in the, in the week uh, into some uh, really cool little exercises that I've learned just straight out of some, some of the psychology books I've read on how to actually learn to d disassociate from these things. And uh, some of them are quite funny, some of them are quite fun, and some of them are quite real and serious, you know, and it requires that sort of element of almost almost sort of meditation uh, if, if you're one of those people that feel really, really quite strong emotions that uh, can make you uh, essentially paralyzed is the wrong word, but... Um, but really stifle you, really stifle your ability to get through your day, really stifle your ability to think straight. And, and, and you know, what I'm talking about, I guess, is feeling emotions physically, you know, where you get a physical reaction to the stuff that you're experiencing. Because here's the thing, guys, life is not all peaches and cream. You know, from time to time, you are going to, and it, it's only a matter of time before you have to deal with like severe loss, whether that's the loss of a job, the loss of a spouse, the loss of a family member, uh, the loss of, um, you know, your financial stability. Uh, and at that point in time, you're going to experience severe emotional turbulence, you know, 
and um, it, it, it tends to it tends to either ruin or strengthen people. And you know, you always see these these random motivational speakers. You know, there's a guy I can't remember his name, but he does a tour. He tours around the world, motivational speaking. Who was born with no arms and no legs? You know, and the guy's achieved more than the majority of people will ever achieve in their entire lifetime. And you know, you, you see some people who just overcome adversity, no matter what's thrown at them. They're just able to overcome it and come back stronger. And um, and there is there is you know there is no, there is no secret to to, to to this. The reality is is that there are just ways that you can skills that you can hone to get better at this stuff. And some people do, and some people don't. And, and I think the thing is that a lot of the time, like pretty much every example I can think of. I mean, obviously there's some horrible, traumatic things that happen in people's lives, but often you know it. What the thing is that you want to be doing or could be doing that makes yourself better, and it's often just this emotional barrier that stops you from like pursuing you know you're like getting fitter losing weight for your health um you know dealing with your finances like all of this stuff we know that if we just did it we'd feel a whole lot better but there's just such big emotional barriers to actually getting it started so i think it's just such a powerful thing if you can master this and i hope that i can i'm obviously still you know figuring out and learning it myself so yeah yeah, and just just like anything and, and i love what phil just said there because this goes so much deeper than managing depression you know i know that there'll be a lot of people and probably the only people that are still watching right now are people that may suffer some form of depression or anxiety and they're like shit maybe i need to listen to this I wish that everyone else listened too, because for someone like Phil who doesn't suffer that emotional t- um, turbulence, um, this could this could just be something that he uses to dramatically improve his chances of success in everything that he does. You know, and. I've never met someone who has achieved high levels of success in their life, or I've never written, read a biography. I'm, I'm uh, like fascinated in, in reading biographies or autobiographies of really successful people, you know, mostly CEOs of companies, but also athletes uh, really uh, intrigue me. And I read a lot of books like that. They're probably the only other books I read other than self-help books or business books or finance books. and. Um, and I've, I've noticed a trend that every single one of these people at some point in their life masters this stuff. And, uh, and it's, it's, not, uh, it's no secret. They often talk about it. You know, Oprah's harping on about this shit all the time. Um, people like that. Arnold Schwarzenegger is someone that I've followed a lot during my life and I've read a lot about him. And he is huge on this stuff. You know, it's, it's, um, it's really, really big. And it's something that you have to practice. It's like exercise, you know. If you've never exercised before, and, you, and this is the same as meditation. If you've never meditated before, when you start, it feels really horrible. And it feels really horrible until you're good at it. Yeah. You know, you just feel uncomfortable. You feel like a fish out of water. You feel like you're doing everything wrong. You feel like you're not getting any result whatsoever from it. You know, it takes a long time to see a physical change in your body. And if you're someone who's really fueled by body composition goals, like you want to lose weight or you want to lean up and get more muscular, it often takes months and months and months and months and months before one day you look at yourself in the mirror and go, whoa, I look totally different than I did. And sometimes you even have to look at a picture of yourself a year ago next to a picture of yourself today and, and before you notice that you've changed a lot, you know. I felt the same thing about meditation. I meditated for about a year, hated it, stopped doing it for about three or four years. Like I went to a class, man. I had to go and have someone guide me through it and I used to just fall asleep. And I'd come back going, why the hell am I paying all this money to go have a meditation coach talk to me whilst I'm asleep? It's the most stupid waste of my time. This is unproductive. So I quit, didn't think meditation was for me, 
created this story around meditation that only certain people can do it. My dad must just be a hippie. That's why he can do it. And then three or four years later, I was like suffering severe anxiety and depression again. And someone said, you've got to learn how to meditate. And I went and started reading books about it. Then I started using apps. Then I caught on to the fact that you don't have to do it for an hour. And then I started just persevering. And for another yeah. year... Some people like marathons. Some people like high intensity training. You that's know, exactly some people like right. You know, yeah, it's so exactly different right. Different ways of doing it. And I did it for about a year before, I, if before it just clicked. And I went, whoa. This is freaking amazing. I just really worked hard to not swear then because yeah. I wanted to emphasize how strongly I connected with the concept of Nothing consciousness like and meditation. And since that point, man, it's been a revolution to me. But if I hadn't have persevered with those three years where I did it, hated it, stopped doing it, thought about doing it for a long time, then did it again, but only for like 10 minutes a day and just persevered, persevered until I found a, a guided meditation app. I must have gone through five of them before I found one that suited me and that I could get into. And then I really, really dove deep and read three of Sam Harris's books, uh, Waking Up. Um, oh God, he's written some really good books. And then I found, wow, this guy resonates with me. I can do this. He resonated with me because he is a scientist. And so he comes at it from a scientific standpoint. He's not an airy fairy. I couldn't handle the hippie meditators who, you know, are just about deep spirituality. But some people might love that. And but if that works for that you, doesn't mean that that's wrong. Yeah, exactly. That may, it's just a different perspective. You know, we all have different perspectives on life. And I completely respect your perspective if that works for you, you know. Um, and so I found what worked for me and now I, I couldn't go back. And if I miss my daily meditation, I, I'm, it affects me. It really affects me, yeah. you know. But more of this in the execution part of the series. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So key points to take home from today. No matter how strong you think you are, you are going to come, you are going to come across and, and experience some adversity in your life. And that's going to cause pain, which is going to cause emotional turmoil. Now, you may or may not be really strong willed, strong minded and well centered. Someone like Phil, who doesn't swing to the extreme during that turbulent time, but you're still going to experience it. No matter what you try and do in your life, learning to manage the emotions, feeling sensations and urges is going to increase your chances of success exponentially. If you're an emotionally turbulent person, this is critical for you. This is, there is, you have no choice. You've got to get over your ego, whatever your ego is serving up right now about how wildly airy fairy and bullshit this might sound to you. This is real and you need to strap yourself in and start honing your skills with this. If you're not one of those people and you just want to achieve a little bit more in life and you plan to set some big, hairy, audacious goals this year, my God, it's going to serve you well if you learn to master these skills. We're going to go through them a little bit later on in the week. Now, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of interaction. Michael P is saying, ah, yes, Sam Harris is a beast. How can someone get so smart? Because he practices every day, man, and it's like anything, you know, one, he's got a psychology background and, um, and he understands the brain on that level. And then he's gone and found like, oh, wow, the brain can be manipulated and it can be affected quite heavily by things like meditation. And, and so... And he cares deeply about it and he follows his interests exactly and passion, right. so Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and he's worked with some amazing coaches. He's 
traveled the world, uh, were, uh, you know, meditating with some of the most, you know, um, monks and, and all sorts of people all over the world. He's experienced everything. And, uh, and as a result, he's put together his own formula that works really well for him and happens to work really well for me. Yeah. Yeah. And my two points before we wrap up, I was really happy that last time I mentioned that the fact that on pretty much every video we do, we get one-tenth of people liking it. And the last video where I mentioned that, a few of you uh, were really nice and clicked like, so we yeah. we got above that 10%. So if you could do the same for this one, that would be yeah, greatly appreciated. If you get any value out of it, guys, it does help us a lot to smash yeah. that like button. And it just also validates that we're on the right yeah. path and we're teaching you stuff that you guys really do appreciate learning. Yeah. So and I, my, my other point, sorry, just to break in again, uh, is that with that ocean swim that I'm doing on Sunday that I mentioned, it's actually a uh, fundraising swim and the money all goes towards early career cancer research that are often the, um, the researchers that don't get funded by the big sort of um, popular charities. So if you're interested, I might just put a little link to my fundraising page just to yeah, give you that option. <laughs> hey, Jared, thanks for letting us know, brother. We very much appreciate it. And we very much appreciate knowing that we're not talking to uh, ourselves. Yeah, and the fact that you're listening in the background there, um, <laughs> again, I briefly mentioned before that I'm going to turn this into a podcast, going to rip the audio and put it out as a podcast, which I think particularly for this style of show where you know, it's a lot of chat and we're not doing, um, you know, stuff out in the gym floor. I think it's a really, I, I know I love consuming my information like this where I don't have to be looking at the screen. I can just be listening yeah. to it while I do other things. So uh, if you're keen on that, hit the like button and let us know in the comments. Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, before we wrap up, I want to get, um, I want to ask Phil because this is quite new concepts to him and I think that this will benefit everyone. I'd like to see whether you could share three things from this discussion that have given you some form of value? Yeah, I think uh, this, one of the most intense things is always kind of being like open and honest about the problems that you have. And I think the fact that, you know, we've been talking about this and I've been thinking about where I feel, you know, these emotional pulls that are influencing my behavior and definitely talking about this financial stuff. And I think there's sort of nothing more valuable than like having a look in your own brain. And, you know, I think that that is, for me, uh, yeah, a really powerful thing, and um, yeah, getting that sort of insight into you know how that you can both identify these things and overcome them. I think that's yeah, that's pretty huge. So yeah. better do something about it, hey? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I just I'm, I'm interested because if he what he gets out of it is there's a there's a high probability that you'll learn something from this as well. Yeah. Now. Uh, we have huge plans um, over the next year uh, on this show. We want to really level up the production quality of the video. You know, we spent a fair bit on audio um, production last year and uh, a bit better lighting. And uh, part of that was creating a soundproof room. The, this stuff isn't cheap. The next phase is to level up the video production. We would like to do these in 4K and we have to buy a really powerful computer for that that's just gonna be standalone used for this um, show. And new really nice cameras with really nice lenses. And it's a lot of money. It's tens of thousands of dollars. But it, what it means is that my videographers are gonna be able to rip video um, files and create shortened pieces, which we will call micro content that'll be able to be distributed to YouTube so that, you know, you don't have to sit through the entire show to, to catch a key point that you're looking for. It's nice when you do, especially when you comment. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, but it, we, yeah, this is, these are the plans that we plan to do, um, that we plan to work on to to really level up the production quality of this. So yeah, there's big plans coming. Uh, we've got some cool guests coming on. We got Ben Pakolsky coming back on the show uh, in April, which I'm really looking forward to. I've got a, a really good friend of mine coming on the show at the end of this week as our guest for this month, who is a motivational speaker and motivational coach, who's going to be sharing his execution guide to getting more done and how he and he's an absolute gun he became extremely successful in sales in corporate sales and then he went and uh, quit his corporate job gave up like a, a quarter of a million dollar salary to start an e-commerce business and then grew that business within two years to 1.5 million dollars in revenue like the guy is an absolute gun then he quit and sold that e-commerce business and started his own um, uh, motivation um, coaching business. So I'm super excited to have him on the show on Friday. And um, he's just started his own YouTube channel and he's really excited to come on and, and see how we do things because YouTube is a real, really new thing for him. Uh, but he's just using it as, a, as an avenue to give um, because he's been quite successful in his life and he wants to give back to, the, to his community and, uh, and that sort of thing, which is really cool. Um, and then, yeah, we've got some, we've got some big, big guests. We've got uh, uh, Fitness FAQs, Daniel Vadnell and uh, Cy Monster coming on the show in March. Uh, and uh, if you guys have never seen these guys, look up Fitness FAQs on YouTube. Look up Cy Monster on Instagram and YouTube. They're arguably some of the best calisthenics guys in the country, if not some of the best in the world. And uh, they're coming and doing a, um, a sh they're doing a, a show with us, and then on Friday, and then they're going to do a workshop over the weekend here at Unity. So we're super excited about that. And we're going to try and have a, um, a a really cool guest once a month this year uh, on the show. So yeah, uh, lots planned. We better wrap it up. Richie's got to go teach a class, and um, we've got a lot to do. We'll see you tomorrow. We're going to start cracking into the planning process. This is where I guess. Um, we're going to get in the car <laughs> and we're going to start the sucker up. We're going to start the engine tomorrow and then on uh, Thursday, Friday, it's going to be rubber meets the road. So Tuesday, Wednesday this week is all about planning, reverse engineering your goals. This is where it starts to get fun. I'm so glad that you guys have sat through the psychology part of this because if you've got um, issues with psychology, it doesn't matter how good your goals are, you're never going to achieve them. <laughs> That's the reality. Anyway. Till tomorrow. Thank you very much, Phil, for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks, Richard. And thank you guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.